Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Mavi Bolaños in San Francisco, and these are some of the California stories we are following. The Los Angeles City Council unanimously approved a law this week requiring hotel developers to replace demolished housing with renovated units when making way for new projects. This is a compromise between the city and the Hotel Workers Union on the issue of housing homeless residents. The law also requires hosts of short-term rentals, including Airbnb and hotels to obtain a police permit. Council members who back this measure say it's meant to help the city crack down on party houses. Airbnb hosts and hotel owners are calling this part of the measure excessive. And the California Public Utilities Commission will vote today on whether to settle their enforcement against PG&E for the utilities' involvement in the 2021 Dixie Fire. KQED science reporter Danielle Venton will be watching. California's utility regulator is considering a settlement deal where the company pays a $45 million fine but admits to no wrongdoing. The Public Advocate's Office is pushing back on the deal because PG&E disputes some of the facts of the case, and this would end the commission's oversight. The Dixie Fire was the largest single fire and one of the most damaging in state history. It started when a tree fell across a PG&E power line in the Feather River Canyon north of Sacramento. The fire burned nearly a million acres, many at very high intensity, and destroyed 1,300 structures. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. Governor Gavin Newsom is not running for president. But for some reason, tonight in Georgia, he'll face off in a debate with a man who is in the 2024 race, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. Here now to explain why this debate is happening and what it means for Newsom and Democrats more broadly is KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos. Hi, Marisa. Hey, Marie. So how did this come about? I think men's egos is pretty much what is at the center of all this. You know, they've had a long-running rivalry, and back in September of last year, Newsom challenged him directly to this debate in a tweet, uh, in which he included in that tweet, he said, I'll bring my hair gel, you bring your hairspray. Name the time. Um, This is also going to happen on Fox News with Sean Hannity. I think it's fair to say that Hannity and Newsom have a kind of, like, rivalry bromance going on. Um, He's been on a show multiple times, and in September, Newsom showed up in the spin room outside the GOP presidential debate to be on Hannity's show. So here's part of that conversation. In your heart, in your mind, you want this. But you have basically gone on a media tour sucking up to Joe Biden and you know he's a cognitive mess. You know it. I also know he's got an extraordinary record oh, to yeah. run on. Really? And I couldn't be more proud. By the way, how's his record on the border? Objectively, he was the winner tonight. 
No, I mean, in a way, it's a little surprising to me that DeSantis wanted to do this at the beginning. But now that he's kind of been flagging in the GOP race, I think it's kind of upside for both of them to get this attention. Okay, so Newsom has repeatedly said he's not running for president in 2024. What does he stand to gain here? I think he wants to be the heir apparent, right? He's lining up so that whatever happens next cycle, 2028, like he might be the person that a lot of Democrats think of. Um, We've seen him also go to China recently to have this tour through red states in the South. Um, And he's been acting as a surrogate to Joe Biden quite a bit. Um, One political science professor I talked to also mentioned that, you know, come January, we're all going to be focused on the primaries in 2024. This is kind of his last chance to get a little attention before all the oxygen gets sucked out of the room. And you've mentioned he's been acting as a Biden surrogate. How do you think the president feels about this debate? I don't know that the president or former President Trump necessarily stoked about this debate. But I will say that, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that Newsom checks in constantly with the Biden administration and campaign um, that they have given his blessing to be the surrogate. And, you know, some folks I talked to mentioned that he can kind of be the progressive spokesman for the party, go further maybe on some things than Joe Biden wants to, because he still needs to appeal to sort of more centrist folks. I talked to Robin Swanson, a Democratic consultant, um, and she pointed this out. Gavin Newsom has to walk the line of running a shadow campaign while being President Biden's biggest cheerleader. And the funny thing is, if anyone understands that and all of the politics behind that, it's Joe Biden. That was a man who waited in the wings for a very long time. So she and others note that, you know, Newsom's kind of playing that same role that Biden used to, and he's doing a good job of it. So will he be the heir apparent in 2028? Who knows, Madi? I mean, it's a long road between now and next November, let alone the 2028 election. But I do think that his name, along with, of course, Vice President Kamala Harris, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, some other purple state governors, they are sort of emerging as the new face of the party. And so I think whatever he wants to do next, he'll be in a good position to at least try for. Thank you so much for your time, Marisa. My pleasure. That was KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts.
to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. More than 3,000 California pharmacies have stopped flavoring medication as of this month. That leaves just 50 statewide that will add flavors like bubblegum or strawberry to make it easier for some children to take medicine. The shift comes just as holiday travel and flu season head into full swing. CalMatters health reporter Shreya Agrawal reports. Due to federal guidance, the laws around flavoring have become stricter. And so now California pharmacies have to make sure that when they're flavoring, they follow these stricter regulations. Pretty much most kind of medications can be flavored, but the common ones are usually flu meds or antibiotics, which can taste bad and kids may not want to take them. So it's just easier to flavor those medication and get them to kids. That was CalMatters' Shreya Agrawal. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at schmidtocean.org. And that's the California Report for Thursday, November 30th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.